0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Nerd Room. We talk all things comics and movies. This episode number 54, we're discussing 2016, a year in review of comics, films, and collecting. I'm your host, Tim. I'm Troy. It's been a few days of indulgence. We're coming off the Christmas holidays here, but we're coming back to some really sad news. Our princess has passed away. Princess Leia Carrie Fisher has passed away from a heart attack this past week. Devastating news. And reflecting back on Carrie Fisher, it's it's an actress that she didn't have a ton of roles in Hollywood, but she had one of the biggest of all time. I was really looking back at her and just her role at that time in the 1970s as this empowered, strong leader, right? Yep. This is something that's it's carving out a different part of acting at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like that she has this lead role and she's not just this damsel in distress. That's right. Groundbreaking, almost right. Yeah, trailblazer. She yeah. paved the way for future generations. We do have female leads in the new Star Wars films that do take inspiration from that character and from what she was able to put on screen. For sure, and not even just going again outside of the
1: franchise of Star Wars. You know, you look at Sarah Connor, and you look at Katniss, and you look at Tomb Raider. I mean, she's pretty much inspired a lot of females in movies and more media.
0: Yeah, right? yeah, and that's stretching back forty years. Yeah. And it's pretty crazy to think, and you know, it's it's a bit bittersweet because we are going mm-hmm. to see her reprise her role in episode eight. Yes, but it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the character post episode eight. Because what do you do? What do you think is the right way to go about when you have a character that dies suddenly? Like you look at the character from Hunger Games and what they did there.
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's and right, Hoffman there, right? Yeah,
0: Seymour Hoffman, and then you look at Paul Walker. The
1: Fast 7, and it's it's very unfortunate, you know, uh, you and I know we're both big fans of Bloodlines and what they did with the character expanding even more so on her, I was really curious to see what we're going to get out of her in Episode 8 because I really think the book did her more justice in Bloodlines than Force Awakens even. Yeah. So it's unfortunate. I, I guess it's hard to say what they'll do with her now coming off of Force Awakens, or not Force Awakens, Episode 8, because yeah. we just haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't think she's going to have a huge, huge role going further down the franchise anyways. I think they're handing it off to the, the young generation, but man, devastated.
0: Yeah, it is devastating news and it's it's nothing great to hear. And it's been a, a year where we've had a lot of celebrities die as well. David Bowie Prince, Anton Yelchin, George Michael George died. George the Michael the other day. just recently. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's been quite a year, two thousand sixteen, yeah. and it's it's difficult for because it's it's hard to express sometimes too that it's this person that we, we don't really know, but we grew up with, right? And for several sure. generations have grown up with this this character and this actress. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting you say about the books too, because her character is going to live on forever. Like she's going to reappear in books and maybe not for the next couple years out of respect for the family, out of respect for Carrie but yeah. I think it's important that that character lives on. It lives on through her because when I'm reading or listening to Bloodlines all I'm seeing and hearing is Carrie Fisher's portrayal of Princess Leia, right? Yeah. And so, you know, that character is always going to be around but It's a real shame and it, it's difficult, right? And it, it, we don't know her but we yeah. still feel so attached to her.
1: Well, that's just it, right? With these celebrities, you, you grow up with them. They, they have a special place in your hearts so, I and mean, part of the reason, you know, Carrie Fisher, you could say, kind of inspired this podcast in some sense because, you know, we take so much from Star Wars. Star Wars has brought us here, you know, yeah. it
0: binds us all. It does. Just looking around this room right now. And um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's something else. And yeah. it's it's awful when we pass our condolences on to her family and mm-hmm. her friends and all her loved ones and that. And, you know, just looking at Twitter, how it exploded after she was reported to have that medical incident on the plane. Yeah. And then there's reports that she was stable. And then this kind of more suddenly, I think for me, mm-hmm. that this, this happened because I thought, oh, she's on the uptick and she'll be fine. She's yeah. fought her way through substance abuse, mental health issues, and she could get through this. And when I heard the news, it was, it was, I was quite shocked because I had mm-hmm. almost relinquished the Fact that she was going to pass. Yeah, I almost put it behind you, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, Twitter exploded. The R.I.P. Carrie Fisher. All these trending hashtags. Yeah, were. Kevin Smith had a great, great uh, yeah. line there about her. Yeah. So and, and yeah, and everyone from Mark Hamill, to yeah. Harrison, Ford, Harrison Ford, all very Ford. kind George words. Lucas, yeah, yeah Peter Mayhew. It's it, it's it's really nice to see a community coming together like that. And this mm-hmm. and it's interesting because. You say Star Wars community, and, you know, you said that 10, 15 years ago, and it's a much smaller community, but it's a humongous community now, filled with celebrities, actors, actresses, and and people actually putting themselves out there and saying, no, I'm a Star Wars fan, right? That was Let's something say. that wasn't always as socially acceptable, I would say, Yeah, right? you kind of had to
1: tippy-toe around it, right? Yeah, yeah. but
0: now it's, it's so embraced, and I think that's where the love of this character and the love of Carrie Fisher is coming from, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, condolences there, and it's it's a tough way to start off a podcast. Yeah, yeah, it really is. We've had a few of those this year, right? So hopefully uh, 2017 looks a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So we're here today, guys, to talk about 2016. It's been an interesting year, coming off the back end of massive comic book events. We've had huge films this year. It's been a, a year of franchises and sequels in the film world and building off of the foundation of movies that we've seen in the past like sequels to finding nemo and we've got the mcu coming up here dcu this is their first big year That's so why even ghostbusters is expanding the universe yeah. too. Yeah. so and then collecting it's also been a massive year for Huge. us black series legends we've expanded in some areas yeah. i've contracted in other areas yeah. but i seem to be still spending more and more money on collectibles and it's yeah. because they're putting out great things in 2016 was one of my favorite years of all time collecting.
1: I'd have to say it's my biggest one. I'm still new in the game, but this is definitely the biggest year I've had for collecting.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to wrap some of that up and talk about our favorite films and comics and even maybe a little TV show here and there because there's some great Netflix shows that dropped as well this year. Definitely. But quickly, Rogue One. So coming off the back end of this massive movie, this movie that we had been waiting for, anticipating for the better part of a year, we did a review last week. If you haven't listened to that, go check that out. It is episode 53. And if you'd like to hear a little more on Catalyst, the prelude to Rogue One, one go back to episode 52 it's worth checking out at least listening a bit about catalyst or if not we'd highly recommend going and getting the book before maybe seeing the movie again Definitely,
1: that's the opening crawl right there.
0: Yeah, but this movie continues to kill it at the box office. This took a $155 million opening weekend and $64 million over the Christmas weekend, plus the extra couple days that you're getting in there. It's now sitting at $318 million domestically, so that's wow. North America, United States, and Canada. Mm-hmm. And that puts it just behind Beaver's S and Suicide Squad's total domestic haul. They're going to pass him probably by Wednesday, Thursday this week. Wow. Suicide Squad and BBS. Yeah, holy smokes! So I'm sure we're going to see this tick up to that upper echelon, and if it goes over 875 million dollars, Disney will have the five highest-grossing films of 2016 Jeez. globally.
1: Globally. So let me guess. Obviously, we got um, not Winter Soldier, Civil War. Yeah, would be one of those Jungle Book. Yep. Uh, Mona or Mo, is it Mona? No, it's no. another animated one though. Oh, Finding Dory. Yeah. Yeah, Fighting Dory. Ah, boy, what could be the other one? Oh, Doctor Strange? No, Zootopia. Oh, Zootopia, of course. And That was great, actually. I love that. Yeah, and Doctor
0: Strange is sitting at about 600 million plus globally. So that's still a really good entry for the MCU, too. Mm -hmm. Because that's nearing the end of its run, I believe, as well. Wow. What a good year for them. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy to see how well Rogue One's doing. It's not unexpected though, right? Mm-hmm. And because we talk about so much Star Wars, I felt myself so involved in that film and seeing the success of it, it yeah. just kind of makes me feel that much better about the whole franchise, about the whole anthology idea that they're kind of propelling out here. And there's rumors even now that Boba Fett's going to get announced soon.
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me.
0: No. No. so Like we were saying last week, we won't be surprised if they do lay down a few more of these anthology films or at least tease the idea of them because of the success of Rogue One. This was their guinea pig. It's past the test. It's past the money test. It's past the quality test. Yeah. The fandom is on board. The critics are on board, and the general audiences are on board, yeah. as it's very clear from the money that they're pulling in here.
1: I feel like the Force talk is even bigger this time around than it is with the Force Awakens, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I definitely think you are right. I think celebration time comes. We're gonna hear some more announcements about um, these standalones, not just because of Rogue One, but because I feel like celebration or not celebration, yeah, celebration was a little bit of a letdown last year yeah. for news, except for the Rebels panel. So I'm pretty sure we'll get some big news coming our way.
0: Yeah, because the Rebels panel announced Thrawn this year. And I remember watching that. That was fantastic. But there wasn't a lot to announce. They haven't even announced Episode 8 yet. And hopefully we're going to get that here in the new year as well. Yeah, Yeah, I think so. And I'm really looking forward to them to amping up even more the Star Wars film universe again I know it's one big cohesive universe but I like the idea of getting a new Star Wars film every year and now that they've passed this 500 million dollars globally threshold the movie is profitable it's quality and they're going to go forward with this formula I think think we're going to see a lot more of the MCU influence on this franchise we see a lot of franchises particularly here in 2016 trying to emulate a bit of what the MCU has done as far as building a cohesive universe and each movie feeds into the other movie and I think we're going to see a little more of that with the stars universe but the interesting aspect of that is is it's going to be pulling from different eras which is going to be difficult for people to follow so they have to crack that nut i think yeah because even talking to people still friends over the holidays and that people are still confused going in and asking me questions before they go see it what is like where's finn where's ray what's the deal with this is han solo with it where's the millennium fell so people are still confused about this which is something i think um
1: kathleen kelly and crew their need to learn off of this time around because yeah. they, they did backfire a little bit without having to crawl. Also, we on a book to kind of really understand the universe that you're in or the timeline that you're in. So I definitely think going further and they will promote it a little bit better, a little more clear of where they stand. Hansel will be easier to do because we get it. He's younger. So I think it'll be easier for the audience to grasp that but going forward with a Boba Fett you gotta be careful because Boba Fett did die in the original trilogy but we don't know if they're bringing him back so when they do bring him back if they do that movie
0: you gotta make it clear that he did survive that pit or we're going back around prequel era or after, right? It's starting to get confusing though because even listening to that, like I know the universe, I know the lore but at the same time it's like people saw Harrison Ford die in Force Awakens why is he back? Like I get that he's younger and all that but it's still difficult to kind of be going in and out of different eras while telling a completely different story in the Force Awakens era, right? It is. Yeah. That's why I really think they should just go back to the Old Republic days. That would be cool because yeah. that's something that you can completely separate yourself from. Yeah. You don't have to worry about what's happened before. There's no real implications other than maybe some of the Force talk you could tie into some of the, yeah. the temples and all that and the idea of the Sith versus the Jedi. That's but right. yeah, because we just got this
1: Darth Revan figure, right? Yes. Yeah. Darth Revan. Oh, man, it's a great figure. But we'll get into that anyways later yes, on this we podcast. <laughs> so, yeah.
0: how was your Christmas?
1: It was awesome. man. I got to spend it with you guys actually yeah. a little bit there. Um, Got some beefy presents, which was great. And my family liked the presents I got them. And it was good to hang out with everybody and just, you know, take some time off and appreciate everything that's going on in your life, right? So Yeah, exactly. Good.
0: And that's one of the things that I've been really trying to focus in on here in 2016 and beyond is is focusing in on the important things, right? Family, friends. The podcast, Star yeah. Wars, like these yeah. type of things, right? Just really yeah. focusing on what's important to you mm-hmm. and really kind of going headfirst into all of that. Because I find in 2016 in particular, I've really indulged in the things that I love. Yeah. And I think that's made me a lot happier on the other side. It's just I, I've stopped focusing on the little things that bug you in life. Like yeah. Some you know, there's there's always going to be that financial burden hanging over your head. Yeah. And we just did a big move and we're renting now. And I'm trying to let those things roll off my back a little more and focus yeah. in on the important things, like the little ones and hanging out with you guys, yeah. hanging with friends and talking Star Wars and, and all these type things. And that's something that I'd like to do more of even in two thousand seventeen. Absolutely agree, man. Yeah. yeah. But what did you get? What did Santa put under the tree for
1: you? <laughs> so I got I got some good shirts, man. I got some cool um, like baseball tee, Justice League shirts going on. So be on the lookout for those. I'm finally a member of Star Labs. Shout out to CW. I got one of those uh, those sweaters which I love. Um, I got a gang full of black series which you can relate to. I got uh, Darth Revan, nice. um, Carrie Fisher's Leia from A New Hope, which is very fitting. Um, I also got. Sabine and I got Obi-Wan Kenobi The Hermit era. (laughs) <laughs> off of uh, A New Hope there as well. So that was great stuff. Uh, some cool Christmas ornaments. I got a Spidey ornament. Nice. My, uh, my mother-in-law there always looks out for me when it comes to the Spider-Man ornaments. I got a whole good group full of those. You got me the Darth Vader one that I did post back on
0: episode, I think, 52. Yeah. So um, yeah, other than that, uh, it's been good. It's been good, man. I love seeing other people's gifts and there's a lot of people chucking them around on the internet and on Twitter and stuff like that. And I love seeing people that are passionate about Star Wars, about Marvel, DC, whatever, getting gifts. Like, it's one of those things that for a long. Time again, I, I kind of come back to this once in a while. For a long time, I always was a slightly embarrassed that I was getting action figures yeah. and all this. And a few years ago, I was like, you know what? This is me. I'm embracing it. I love it. Yeah, this is what I want for Christmas. And my wife absolutely killed it again. Like nice. she knows me better than anyone in this world, and she just nails it. I got Funko Pops, action yeah. figures t-shirts and trivia games and there's so much cool stuff i threw an image up on twitter there so go check that out and it's just so much fun opening presents you're like i really really love this this is something that i normally wouldn't buy myself yes but having it bought for you means that much more I got the the visual guide to rogue one that i'm just about to jump into here so really looking forward to that and yeah it's a great christmas it's one of these things that i always feel really spoiled and sometimes i feel bad (laughs) But at the same time, my family we don't do big gifts or anything like that throughout the year and so we yeah. have a tendency to go a little overboard at Christmas time. <laughs> and so it looks ridiculous, but at the same time it's it's a ton of fun and it's it's great seeing people also appreciate the gifts that you get them. It and really is. that's and that's one thing that I really always try to express is that the things that you're buying me are things that I love and mm. I really appreciate that my wife and my family and all that Go to stores, go to comic yes. book shops to buy these type of things for me. Like it's outside of, th- of that realm. They could easily just get me, you know, boxers or socks yeah. or whatever clothing and that. But the fact that they take the time to embrace what I love and actually give me these gifts, yeah. I really love it. I really appreciate that from the Goes bottom a of my long way. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So sticking with collecting here and action figures and that, are you aware that there were thirty? Black Series 6-inch figures released this year. I wasn't. I'm blown away by that number. That's huge.
1: And we've kind of cleaned up because we got a good hefty amount of those numbers.
0: Yeah, I think I've got about 25 of the 30 of them. Wow. If you run the quick math, that is just shy of $900. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I hope my wife really doesn't listen to this part, but... I'm sorry. <laughs> but these things, like, they continue to slam us with these, but every single wave has been fantastic. We we ended last year with The Force Awakens. We had two waves there drop. And then into this year, we we're having issues with distribution, right? We didn't get that General Hux and the Guavian Guard. Yeah. And these type of characters were more difficult to find. But coming into the back half of the year, particularly with the Finn in Stormtrooper outfit, the Jango Fett wave there. Yeah. Because you and I were going crazy. We, we found them. Right. And then it was, all of a sudden, these things were everywhere like polluted all over the place right yeah Yeah. you can still get a flame trooper for almost no money right now (laughs) but the distribution in 2016 i found has been much better in canada yeah particularly for the Black Series, and even this last rogue one wave like the first two waves we found quite plentiful and even your wife found the Revan wave for us at indigo
1: yeah just shout out to baron go to indigo (laughs) i know you're asking about those ones
0: but what was your favorite kind of pickup this year in the black series realm
1: Revan. Yeah. Revan's my guy. Um, I've been asking for, you know, we're just talking about Old Republic there. So, yeah, Revan was a great pickup. Obi-Wan, the old Obi-Wan Kenobi there. That's a great one. And Ahsoka. Finally, at last, I got my hands on Ahsoka. I was was getting to that mark where I was about to drop like 70
0: bucks, 50 bucks on this figure. So, thank goodness uh, they popped up in, uh, you know, the local uh, Walmart here, right? That's one thing that you and I, I think, have been really good about this year is only buying at retail. Yes. Or slightly above retail if we really need to go that mm-hmm. deep. And that's one thing that you can fall victim to is scalpers. A lot of the time you see figures hidden. You see them kind of all over the place. And then if you got to wait, just wait it out. Like, I yeah. waited out Phasma this year. I didn't get Phasma to the middle of this year because yeah. the distribution was crap across Canada for that second wave. That's right. But this Rogue One wave, like, I absolutely love, it. this is my favorite wave for this year, is this, I love the Scare Trooper, Krennic's great, yeah. even the Death Trooper, like, all these action figures are fantastic, I yeah. love what they did with the aesthetic in Rogue One, yeah. and how they translated that into the action figures this has been something that I've been super excited about, because tailing off at the end of 2015, I was a bit frustrated with the distribution and all that, and then this most recent wave where they've gone back and revisit a lot of OT figures, as well as brought in an EU figure, and a Rebels figure in Sabine. Yeah, it's a jet-packed wave, I really like this, I mean, Krennic turned out
1: great I I love the look of him I really did like going back to the Soka wave Um, Soka, Farm Boy Luke and Kanan Uh, although Luke's head was a little funny uh, check out my page, I swap that head out. But anyways, yeah, I have to agree, I really like what they did with the Rogue One, and I can't
0: wait to get my hands on the Donnie Yen wave, which you recently oh, told yeah. me is on its way out. So yeah, I saw a report on that recently, and so the, the Chirrut and Bay's wave is coming out, and it's a six-pack wave, it's a Rogue all-Rogue One wave, but it's four repacks, so you get a Jin, a Death Trooper in there, and a couple of other action figures that we've seen already. But apparently, a lot of people were getting emails about their pre-orders being cancelled from... Amazon Big Bad Toy and stuff like that so oh. there's a bit of question whether or not that Chirrut and Bay's wave is actually going to hit and how it's going to hit okay. so we may be into a distribution problem come 2017 oh, no. with that wave so that makes me really worried because the characters look spot on oh man yeah you I've saw seen, the concept yeah images. the images I've seen look fantastic yeah. and I'm really hoping that we do see that wave hit harder but again with this Rogue One wave, they've been trying so hard to get the Death Trooper and Jinn and trying to fix that distribution with characters that are more favorable, like the Jins and Death Troopers and that. But now Jin's stacked so deep, and she's yeah. been in three of the waves, and she's going to be in this Baze wave as well. That's right. So I don't know how they fix that because yeah. my issue is always is that you have all these action figures swinging on the pegs, and they say, well, we don't need any more waves. And then that's when we get into this distribution problem where we don't see the later waves. So well, that's what happened with the Farm Boy Luke wave, yeah. right? Yeah. But I don't know why that showed back up. I know. That's crazy. Like, they hit hard. Like, yeah. now
1: you can find anything from that wave easily. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's months and months after it originally hit. Because I got them off walmart.com yeah. like four months ago. Yeah. They so just, they never hit shelves. No, they never yeah. hit the shelves. And so I think 2016 has been a really good year for the Black Series. Like, it really like has. They, Hasbro is absolutely killing it. I'm really looking forward to what they see going down in the future. I would make. Maybe like it if they pulled back a little, maybe a <laughs> little, little less. <laughs> but at the same time, it's one of these things that it, maybe it's hard because I'm going to be complaining if I don't see enough action figures, right? That's right? So it's finding that nice balance here. And I find I've had to, throughout the year, focus in on particular lines that i really do love because the black series is sucking up a ton of cash yeah so i've really pulled back on poster collecting it's one thing i've kind of stopped almost okay i don't really have the space for it anymore and i find that they sit in these paper rolls forever and until i have a bigger place and i don't think i'm ever going to be able to fully display my poster collection which is unfortunate which i've kind of pulled back from because they're starting to get really expensive like the rogue one one was like 200 and something dollars and what's the skill 27 inches by 40 inches, okay. and they're double sided, and they're really, really nice posters. But at the same time, it's really difficult to have them out because then you got to pay to get them framed and all that. So that's an aspect of collecting that I've really stopped doing in 2016. Mm-hmm. And then I've also started and I haven't got you into them yet. I'm still working on them, man, is the Funko Pops.
1: The Funkos and you know it's funny Boxing Day I did I did sneak in a, a Street Fighter Ryu Funko Pop. I guess if you purchase anything over 50 bucks, you get your choice of a Funko. So I am a Street Fighter fan, but I didn't want to get too deep into that wave. So I was like, you know what, give me a re because I know if I pick this guy up, I'm not going to go looking for Ken or Bison or anything like that. So I I stopped right there. Because Tim here did get me into the Marvel Legends wave. Yes. And I haven't turned back since.
0: No, and speaking about (laughs) Marvel Legends here, we had six big waves drop this year. And I know you're into it even deeper than I am now. (laughs) Coming off of last year, which I went nuts with yeah. the Marvel Legends because we had the Hulkbuster wave, the Thanos Build-A-Figure wave, the Ultron Build-A-Figure wave. So I'm buying the whole waves because I want these Build-A-Figures That's right. In 2016, I really lightened up on the Marvel Legends. I was only collecting basically the cinematic universe legends right. or the legends that involved me getting a Build-A-Figure from the cinematic universe. Right. So the first couple waves were a big Spider-Man wave, the Absorbing yeah. Man wave. The cap wave, which was a red onslaught wave. I didn't pick any of those up. That's the werewolf one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really weird wave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay away from that one. Yeah, and yeah. then the Civil War wave, this is the the big first wave I think that you and I both really went Attack at. Attacked hard year. on that yeah, one. Yes. So this yeah. was the giant man build a figure wave. I'm still hunting for that Black Panther. It is absolutely killing me that I can't yeah, find it. Yeah, I, I find everything yeah. but the
1: Black Panther. I, I completely fluked out. I went into Walmart. You now I've been looking for a Black Panther, and I couldn't believe it when it was in front of my face. I picked it up. I think it was the first one I picked up in that wave, and then I shortly after got Iron Man and Cap, and then they disappeared for a while. You couldn't yeah. find Cap or anybody, and then now, the last three, four months, they've been... All out there except Black
0: Panther. Yeah, it's yeah. killing me because focusing in on the MCU line, this is a character that I really want. And I've, I've seen yours, I've held yeah. it in my hand. And I'm just so <laughs> jealous of it. Yeah. And that, because that already sits up there. I don't have it, but that sits up there as probably one of my favorite legends of the last couple of years. It's
1: a good, good figure because there's not really many Black Panther figures out there. No. And this one is, it's, it's spot on. The articulation is great. It looks good. Like the, the shading going behind it, you get to swap the heads. Yeah. Not many accessories, but it's still, it's a, it's a good, good figure.
0: Yeah. yeah, and you were fortunate enough to find me the Bucky and Falcon Walmart exclusives that's as right. well in this way. So yeah. these are another two of my favorite figures. And, and with my Marvel Legends collecting, I do open them. I, I am an inbox collector for Star Wars, but the Legends I open, I'm hoping someday to have a really massive-looking shelf where I can line up the whole MCU nice. from Guardians right through to Black Panther and all these characters. Oh, man. That's going to be awesome. We do have a kind of a mishmash in the following waves. We have this Abomination wave that did have the Civil War Scarlet Witch that I've never seen. Never saw that one. No, that. So, yeah. so that's another wave that didn't see a lot of distribution in Canada. And then coming into the end part of the year here, we do have the Juggernaut wave, the big X-Men wave. Yes. And you just recently got the cable? Yes, so I got cable in the mail the other day. He's great. Love that figure. I think he has the same mold
1: as Drax yeah. and the Venom. He's a great uh pickup. I got Iceman out of that wave and I got Wolverine. Nice. There's still I, a Deadpool out there, there's too. There's still a Deadpool. He's the hardest one. Yeah. He's the hardest one by far to get my hands on. And I, I'm probably gonna pick up the Rogue and Kitty Pride because they're actually it's a really great wave. Everybody turned out like
0: spot on. They've really improved their pain apps and their articulation yeah. of these and the likeness in the faces yeah. and even going into the Doctor Strange wave the Dormammu Build-A-Figure mm-hmm. wave the Doctor Strange the, the Benedict Cumberbatch wow. likeness is great the Carl mortal likeness is awesome as well I yeah. absolutely love both those figures
1: yeah they look great like um, Doctor Strange looks just like Benedict Cumberbatch and to Chilero Ford looks just like the figure, you know. Yeah. So um, yeah, those two great ones. I didn't get my hands on uh, Mordo though. You got that one. Yeah, I, I did the first Morto. one. You got right. Yeah, it was, yeah.
0: and I skipped out on the whole build a figure line because Dormammu is. It's an interesting figure. It's kind of a repack from the San Diego Comic-Con exclusive from two years ago, I believe. It the Book of Ashanti. And so I'm not really into that universe itself. So I didn't find the need to kind of go deep into that.
1: Yeah, I'm still regretting the other day I went out there, could have got my hands on the uh, Iron Fist, but I passed it up. But next time I will get my hands on that one. Do you have any
0: big regret stories from this year from collecting? Something that, you know, like the Iron Fist you just said, where you had your hands on something, you decided not to get it, you put it (laughs) away, and then you never saw it again? Um, Well, yeah, Iron Fist is, is definitely one of
1: them. One that worked out okay was actually the Spider-Gwen. You actually told me you you found it there at a comic book shop. Uh, The price is way too high. But I was actually tempted to go there and get that that figure. But I passed it up. Never saw that figure again until last month when I found it at a Walmart. I guess that wave's back. So now I do have my hands on a Spider-Gwen. So other than that, it's been pretty good. I did pass up on the Iron Man Selects wave because it was a funny kind of looking Iron Man. But I haven't seen him pop up since. So that's kind of a regret, I guess.
0: I'm living pretty regret-free this year, I think, with my collecting. Nice. I think it's a bit of our back and forth, too, that's helped with that in the idea that we always have two sets of eyes looking for things, right? right? So you're hitting one part of the city. I'm hitting the other part of the city. Exactly. And it's nice in that way. And what's been really good, too, is that who's ever looking for us has always managed to find duplicates of the ones we're finding. That's right. There's never been a, I found a Revan, and but sorry, dude, I like I know you wanted it, but like yeah. so I really like that aspect of it. It's 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 made collecting a bit easier. Mm-hmm. And one thing I wanna to say too, it's there's been a lot of fun since you've gone a lot deeper into the collecting with the legends and the black series, is it's nice to have a partner in crime for that. Yeah. <laughs> because I always used to do this a lot more just on my own and it's a thrill the hunt. Like my wife's kind of into it now and yeah. she really enjoys it. I know your wife's the oh, same, yeah, right? Definitely. It's, it's that thrill of the hunt, they're getting the taste of it and absolutely but it's it's cool to have someone to bounce these ideas off of and bounce, you know, have you been here, have you been there? Mm-hmm. Are you picking this up? Because sometimes you've even picked me up the three and three quarter inch from the the I lucked uh, out Star a couple Wars times. line. Yeah, yeah Sabine. And, and yeah, from the, the Sabine figure and all this, and that's another line that I've gone deep into for what Definitely. if? Reason, too. Yeah, well,
1: they're, they're turning out pretty good. Those ones I've uh, I've been looking at those. I, I stay away from the three and three quarter, but I'm looking at them right now, man. The the Donnie ends great. Yeah, Jeez. it is.
0: Yeah. yeah, it's awesome, and I like those because they've even dropped in price this year. They were up around that nine ten dollar mark, on they're now at most Walmart's and Toys R Us. They've dropped below eight dollars. Wow! So it's an easy pickup, right? Like I don't mind buying a whole wave for twenty bucks or whatever it is. Can't go wrong, and I really do enjoy the articulation on them, even though they're only five POA. Yeah, and a lot of people have issues with that. That reminds me of the vintage line. So that's another reason I've kind of gone deep in that line. Love the card backs, and one thing I got to say here is. If anyone has an idea of how to display three and three quarter inch carded figures, I would absolutely love to hear it because I'm always strolling on how to display these. They don't stand up really well. I like them on card backs because I feel like out of the package, and it's a weird mental block I have, but I find even with the six inch figures... If they're on a shelf and they're kind of cluttered together, I just don't feel like they look as good. Like, I look at your shelf you have in your basement there, and it looks awesome because they have them all stacked up. The cards are great. Right. And I just like how they display better. Yeah. But I'm really struggling finding how to display a three and three quarter inch card I figure. So, if anyone's got any ideas, I love yeah. it. Just throw us away. Hit us up on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and let me know. Yeah, you know, actually, I just went online uh, yesterday. I picked up uh, the Figma stands.
1: For the, I think Fig Arts yep. I picked up those stands They're pretty cool I'm going to get A couple of those soon Just because I want To display a couple Of my 6 inch And like you said It's hard to actually Put those guys Even on the stands They come with They yeah. fall right over But with these, uh, these Fig art stands You can kind of Do whatever you want Put them in these Cool poses Whether they're flying Web swinging you know, Lightsaber battles Whatever You can kind of Really capture Their stands So once I get them I'll upload some pictures And I'll show you cool. and Maybe I can get you uh, Into the the stands
0: Yeah stand open collecting. up some of these Ooh, man, yeah. Makes me nervous <laughs> I know you haven't gotten to the Lego yet. So yeah. I'm saying yet because I'm going to force you into <laughs> it someday here. But my wife got me a really cool tie striker from Rogue One. That's the one I wanted. And I'm really looking forward to it. this week I have off. I'm going to be able to build that. And I also got a Kylo Ren ship from Force Awakens on a nice slash deal back uh, around uh, Force Friday there. Nice. Because we're talking about displaying action figures. And I collect the minifigures from the Stars line, from the Marvel lines. And they have these new cases, these display cases, which come with 16 acrylic cases. And they're stackable. They're absolutely fantastic. They display really well. They have holes on the back for hanging on the wall. So you can stack these up together and hang them on the wall. And so it's a really cool way to display your minifigures within your Lego sets. And that's something I've been looking for for a while. I would love something like this for like a three and three quarter inch line, right? Oh, stack man them up and putting it as like a big art piece on your wall like how awesome would that be
1: yeah so yep. I'm a big fan of this I walked in here and I saw this I was like man that's incredible that's the best
0: way to go display yep. these uh, little figures right yeah it looks kind of like a Lego brick but with these small individualized cases and I've just thrown in here just for an example a few in like the Boba Fett and C-3PO and R2 and that and they fit in great with the weapons and all that so this is something I've never seen before I opened it up I was like oh my god no. where did you find this and they're about 30 <laughs> bucks so they're not super expensive but they're also not cheap mm-hmm. but it saves them from sitting in in a tiny box like i have all my minifigures that i love collecting in these tiny boxes yeah. and now that i can display them properly and the fact that they're stackable like it's really cool so cool. i'm going to throw an image up on twitter of what these look like and yeah go check these out i think she said she found them at toys r us but really cool piece for collecting and this is probably my favorite thing from 2016 as far as being able to display things so yeah. it's really going at this crowd and you and i had a conversation about this the other day mm-hmm. it's really you Know fixating on the collecting crowd here and, and giving us pieces where we are able to display things because this is a big thing now. This minifigure collecting, growing. displaying, yep. having rooms, having a nerd room or whatever you want to call it, a man yep. cave with your stuff displayed in it. And people love coming and seeing it.
1: Yeah, totally, man. And, and this is the best way to do it displaying. Let's put that on the wall. I can't wait to see that thing mounted if, if you'd go that route. Because I'm definitely going to go that route. Yeah.
0: One thing that you're always, and you can see it in here in, in my nerd room here. It's shelf space is always limited, and you're struggling with this right now. For sure. And, and yeah. how much can you put on a shelf before it looks cluttering? You never exactly. want to look stupid. So yeah. I find putting things on walls and displaying things, it makes it a lot less cluttered. Because that yeah. was one thing always in my nerd room that I'm always fixated on is I don't want it to look like a cluttery mess. Right,
1: exactly. You want nice and clean yeah. and, and
0: yeah. put in place, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's really cool that that, was, that debuted this year, and I'm, I'm really impressed with it. So our, our love for collecting was spurred by comic books, spurred by films. And comic books is a big part of this podcast. And we've lost a bit of focus this year, <laughs> I find, particularly the back half of the year on yeah. comic books here. And that's something that we've promised ourselves that we're going to get a bit deeper into as we go into 2017. But let's look back at 2016. So coming off last year, this is a Secret Wars mega event from the Marvel worlds. Yep. And coming out of there, I know we've expressed this before of our disappointment with how that ended and how it really spurred off these other comic books that didn't fit in with Secret Wars. There's the delays with it. Yeah. It's is an issue that Marvel's had throughout the entire 2016. It That really has put a stint in my comic book reading. It's it's almost been a year since that event ended, and I feel like I'm still catching up. Like I still haven't fully recommitted myself to to the Marvel comic book world. And that's a big change for me. I spent the better part of the last five years yeah. just avidly reading any comic I could get my hand on from Marvel. And now I find I don't even know what my pull list does anymore. I know. it's It's been
1: kind of brutal. You know, you and I go back and forth about this. And with last year's um, Secret War event going on, it really put a delay because the comic book wasn't even done. The event wasn't even done. But the pumping out Doctor Strange and Spider-Man and Avengers... And two of those comic books had spoilers leading in to the back issues of uh, that that, that event. So it kind of put a damper. I mean, I finally finished Avengers a while back, but it took a while because I had a huge pile going on, right? Um, Now we're going into the whole... um civil war 2 and again delays are coming up so it's it's very unfortunate there's a champions book out there i believe but that kind of spoils the events of civil war so again it's like a repeat of 2015 Um, whereas dc i feel rebirth has really done such a great job of like you know giving this rebirth and keeping the whole the whole story elements all tight with every series coming out whether it's nightwing or justice league or batman or green lantern so i just wish marvel would kind of just slow it down a little bit actually not slow it down speed it up I guess you could say in this case because you know I got these comic books I just want to get through because my is getting bigger and bigger over here you know
0: yeah, I agree. I think Marvel's really dropped the ball in 2016 yeah. with their comic books. They have a lot of momentum coming out of the film universe that is a big event that was really well executed, I find. Yep. And the lead into it by Hickman was fantastically done. The whole Avengers was really well done. And I really appreciate what they did there. But they didn't really follow up on it. I feel like they gotten to the point where it's like, we just need to get to our next event, to our next event. And I've yep. always been an advocate of events. I like the crossovers, I like the big mega events. Yep. But I feel like they're always chasing. That event train and they're never stop take a breath yeah and maybe this is me seeing what other people have expressed over the last couple of years about all these mega events and i'm yep. sucking up the time because i feel like even with their renumbering too it Puts boundaries on the comic books, and they kind of they stop and slow down stories. And I just find myself not being able to get into them. Now, there's still a lot of highlights for me for 2016 for sure in Marvel Comics. I really enjoy what they've done with Sam Wilson Cap mm-hmm. addressing some of the social and racial issues that we do see in the United States right now. The Steve Rogers storyline is great. The Guardians line is really great. Unfortunately, uh, Brian Michael Bendis just announced that he's finishing off that line. It's oh, being no. handed off to a new creative team, and he's been doing that since 2013, I think. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So it's unfortunate there, but. There's a lot of good stuff, but I have to say Civil War 2 I'm really enjoying, but it's just killing me that they still haven't finished it. And then I think issue 8 drops on Wednesday this week. Mm -hmm. But they really need to pick it up here, and I really want to get back into Marvel Comics, but my pull list has changed so much. I had about 15, 20 books in my pull list, and I really had to calm that down because I felt... Man, I'm just spending way too much money on comics right now. And I'm still consistently getting the Cap stuff, Avenger stuff, and Guardians. But I'm really looking forward to going forward and looking back even at 2016 is is getting back into the Black Panther series and going back and revisiting some of these stories when I do have the time. Because there's a lot of really cool books out there. The Ironheart book, the infamous Iron Man book, and the evolving Marvel comics line and how they've kind of bucked this status quo and have kept with you know lady thor and new hulk and new iron man and and then going back and revisiting some of their old figures like unworthy thor and all that so i really appreciate kind of what they're doing but at the same time i find myself more disconnected than ever from marvel comics
1: yeah i i know and it's it's tough too because i am a Spider man collector and i'm also an avengers collector and at a time i was an x-men and all three of those have big events so when you have all these crossover events it's killing me because i'm like try to keep with avengers which is pretty much the whole universe and then try kid with the Spider-Man, Spider-Verse, or Cons- Clone Conspiracy, and then there's the X-Men versus Inhumans. Yeah. So, you know, I'm forced to buy all these different books where I don't really care about the Inhumans. So, uh, anyways, I guess that's one comic I've dropped, is the X-Men, going yeah. into 2016. <laughs> yeah. What's
0: your favorite book in 2016?
1: I- I'm loving Dan Slott Spider-Man. Yeah. I-, I really do appreciate what he does there. I really like how he's always recreating Spider-Man, but still keeping him true, and just growing the character. It's, it's very similar to, like, Nightwing, why I like Nightwing, because that character's grown from Boy Wonder to where he is now and i feel like dan slott does that with spider-man but even on a better level yeah so yeah dan slott i'd have to say killing it on amazing spider-man can't wait to finish his event and um i really like the prawler what's come out of there and as well as um avengers avengers yeah. um who, who did that one again oh it's Mark uh, Wade. mark wade right yeah. yeah but really the big highlight for me was iron man yeah iron man blew me away i haven't really picked up an iron man book in a while. Um, I did pick up the Superior Iron Man going back a while, though, while there, but um, yeah, I really, really like Brian Michael Bendis's, um Iron Man. It's great. Yeah, he's yeah. done some
0: good stuff, and I have to agree, the Iron Man book's one of my favorites from this year as well. Yeah. I liked Superior Iron Man, but mm-hmm. it kind of wore on me quite quickly, yeah. I was like, I'm done with this story just it, and then they Mm -hmm. spun it into this this new Iron Man story where they did debut Riri Williams yes and there's a lot lot of really cool elements in there with with Rhodey and all that Doctor Strange yeah Doctor Strange is fantastic Doctor Doom in there as well yeah so I really enjoyed that aspect of the Iron Man books and Guardians is always one of my favorites it's it's kind of of these books I find is always just there yeah it's a really good book but I find that it hasn't done anything really crazy they did have that crossover event with the X-Men last Uh, year Black Galaxy or something Black Vortex Vortex right so that was really Cool, and I mm-hmm. like that Kitty Pride and the thing, Like they've yes. added really cool characters to the lineup. That mm-hmm. at first I was like, Kitty Pride, the Guardians, that doesn't work. Yeah. Love the character in Guardians. Is, is, is sorry, is um, Venom, Space Knight, still there too? I believe so. He was kind of coming and going, and then there's something weird with Venom because I think the symbiote switched again to some other character. Oh, okay, so it's no longer Flash. I don't know where it is, or yeah. if it's a different symbiote. I don't know this. Thing. Oh, okay. I haven't been kept keeping up with it, but yeah. I think that the proper Venom is back, like evil Venom. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so cool. I might be wrong there, but there's something I was reading the other day about that and how Venom's kind of coming back into the fold. So because okay. they they did a weird thing, I don't know if it was this year or not, where they took Venom back to the Symbiote Planet. That's and they right. Kind of recalibrated him to be like a good symbiote because
1: the are actually good, not yeah. bad. Yeah, I yeah. like actually I like that little story. It was right there. cool. It kind
0: of made sense. It was Bennis's way of explaining why. Flash didn't have this evil Venom in him him anymore. And the Space Knight stuff's pretty cool too. Mm -hmm. And they're characters that I felt didn't work. And they seem to be kind of these misfit characters that were popular at one point and they needed somewhere to stick them. So they just kind of mashed them with the Guardians. But the whole give and take and the way they're written and all that, and I think being a bit more of a lighthearted comic book, it allows that type of interaction with the thing and Venom and all this to actually make sense. That's right. Good stuff. So, yeah, it's been one of my favorite books of the year. And all the Cap stuff that I think has been really good. And I really like how they touch on kind of the, the social issues in the United States right now. Yeah, it's great stuff. Can you tell me what the best book about Rebirth? I really tried earlier yeah. on in the year. I think <laughs> you I did, looked you at, did. at July and a few other, <laughs> yeah. And I couldn't get into any yeah. of it. I really, really did try. Am I missing a lot with the Batman? Um, you know what, Bat- Batman, it's funny. Before going
1: to Rebirth, I was a big Batman guy but now going to Rebirth is Detective Comics Detective Comics is killing it right now they got this huge team Clayface is in on it it's really great I still like the Batman series Batman All-Star by uh, Scott Snyder is, is incredible and my favorite John Romero Jr. Yeah. backing up the art there so that's good <laughs> Superman's been good Nightwing's been good Justice League I've had to pull it back um, coming off of Dark Side Wars, I feel like it's really kind of dropped a little bit. Some people might like it. Me, personally, I don't. And I don't really like the art either. And I'm a big guy on art. So, yeah. Basically, the pickups for me, I'd say, is Nightwing, Batman, Detective Comics, anything Batman. Nice. Yeah.
0: Okay, I might try those later on. Yeah. One. Once I get caught up on Marvel here and...
1: Because yeah. Batman has a story of Gordon, right now, basically, it's Batman's made his own Suicide Squad. At least, I have stopped reading the last two, three issues, but that was his new thing. Like, Cool. Yeah, so uh, it's it's pretty sweet. I think it's going to probably lead up to the Justice League versus Suicide Squad, so, yeah.
0: And this year, we also saw the end of the Darth Vader comic book series, which you and I were both shocked at, because that's a fantastic yeah. series. We had the Vader Down event coming out, of 2015 into early 2016 yeah and that book just continued with this massive momentum through and a very end of rogue one like vader right. in that series too yeah. right and spinning out dr Afra into this early this year i picked mm-hmm. up the first issue is really good you get bt and triple zero in there so great characters that are introduced yeah. this year and the star wars series has been great revisiting obi-wan and we're getting into the yoda story here in a few in a few issues so which one was Obi Wan? did they go back already I can't remember so they they do about every seven or eight issues Right, right? I know there's
1: another one coming up I just don't know if I missed it or not I can't remember I'm about
0: five issues behind it okay so it's probably coming up pretty soon yeah I I do have them all I just haven't read them because there is that Yoda story that's taking place of where normally a Ben Kenobi journal story would be right and so we're can't revisiting wait. some of those characters as well. And then good we're getting stuff. the mall series going forward here. So the Star Wars stuff has been really good. The Poe Dameron book, again, it's a great book. It's, mm-hmm. It fits into that Force Awakens era really nicely. Mm-hmm. I like the character. I like what they're doing. They're, they're tying into some of the universe that we've seen before in the comic books, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And we're reducing elements of Rogue One knotted in there nice. and the helmets and all that. So it's really cool to see what they're doing with those comic books and how they're blending them into the universe itself. Do we see Lauren Sinteka pop up in there at all? He there. There's an element of Lauren Sinteka. I can't remember. I'm about two issues behind on it, but the the whole... book is spurred from him chasing Lawrence and Tecca. That's right. Yeah. So yeah. there's some really interesting, I won't spoil some of because I think you should at least grab the trade. Yeah. And that's a way to, I think with some of these books that they do read better in trades, mm-hmm. particularly some the, like the Poe Dameron comic. And I'm going to try to grab the Kanan comic as well. That's in right. trade. But yeah, this is some really cool stuff in there that it just builds the foundation of what we saw in the force away. Cause that's right. what really what the comics, the novels do, right. They mm-hmm. build off that foundation and expand the universe for us. Super Star Wars fans. That's right. <laughs> and quickly before we jump into our favorite films for the year, We've been really heavily getting into the Star Wars novelizations this year, particularly the audiobooks. And we've read Bloodlines, Ahsoka, Catalyst, Catalyst, and a few others here. And this is something that's really new to me. And this has almost taken the place of some of my comic book reading. Because it's time that I've usually allocated for reading comic books that I've spent more listening to the audiobooks. Because I can do it in the car. I can do it on the bus. I can do it at the gym. So I really like this aspect of it. What's been your favorite Audiobook of the year Yeah for 2016 I
1: I gotta go with um, Claudia Gray's Bloodlines I I love that one That's on my all time High for 2016 Um, After that Catalyst And then I'd go into Ahsoka I haven't kept up With the um, Aftermath Series that Like you have But I really like What they did with Like we just mentioned before What they did with Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia and how they furthered her and how she's kind of coming to terms with her age and how she's always relating to like some of these younger characters and it really just ties in so well to Force Awakens 2 and gives you a better sense of the time difference uh, the six year gap yeah. or so
0: so yeah go pick up that book it's great how about yours? I'd have to say Claudia Gray again yeah. Bloodlines and Lost Stars so yeah. I picked up Lost Stars that I didn't read last year and I got through it this year and Lost Stars I don't know it, it's weird because I find that Lost Stars is kind of this this story and we've talked about it before I know mm-hmm. but it's a story that kind of all-encompassing and I like that it kind of nods at the OT and it nods at the prequels. And it gives you a story from a different perspective. Is yes, one thing that I really that's like. the biggest thing. But I like the fact that Bloodlines too it, it nods to Lost Stars and it does have that expansiveness of... The Princess Leia character yes. into The Force Awakens, and it mentions things like Luke and Ben and all these characters. Yeah. It's done really well. The voice of Carrie Fisher is right there on the right. pages, and the yeah. audiobook is so well done. Like, I'm hearing Carrie Fisher, I'm yes. seeing her go through the motions, and Han, her. too. yes right? so good. And yep. yeah, Catalyst again, it's another fantastic book. Yep. Like, I, I would say, get that as well. So, this year has been for me a big year of audiobooks. This mm-hmm. is the first time I've jumped into it. I've got Both of the Aftermath books have done as well. So I spent a lot of time listening to the Star Wars universe. I also listened to How Star Wars Conquered the Universe, which is more of a documentary type on how star wars came through development phase and it's a really cool book about the behind the scenes of star wars it yeah. talks about the casting of carrie fisher of luke and all these characters and how hard it was to get these films off of the ground and trying to find someone that's never experienced star wars to yeah. see it for the first time to get that actual reaction so it's a really cool book as well and i think the audiobooks have just been killing it this year yeah
1: it's it's just the way to go just for convenience sake
0: yeah all right, film. This is this is a big one. We've we've discussed so many films this year, from Star Trek Beyond to Civil War, Batman vs Superman yep. at nauseum. It's it's been a year of sequels and franchises, just dominating the box office here. And we haven't seen a lot of relatively new properties debut in 2016. There's been a lot of reliance on the franchise aspect of films now, and I think maybe more so than ever, we're seeing that because we're seeing the effects of the cinematic universe right building those foundations Mm -hmm. we're revisiting the harry potter universe that's right and we're going back to Star Trek. And we're going to see this going forward in 2017, revisiting some of these stories that have been told before, but in an effort to build a franchise around them. Do you think 2016 suffered a bit because of that? Like, there wasn't a lot of original properties?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think so. We were kind of getting hit over our heads here a little bit with um, a lot of sequels. You know, I think Dumb and Dumber, they tried doing it again, and Zoolander. Some of these sequels, that I would just, it, it took them 10 years almost to do, which I, I just I never understood. And they didn't do them well. And no. it suffered a lot. And I think there was a little bit of sequel fatigue.
0: Definitely. I have, yeah. like You look at Independence Day, Resurgence, <laughs> yeah. or whatever it's called, Resurrection, can't remember. And then the Star Trek I also had issues with. Yeah, I know mean, A lot of people right really up. enjoyed that film, but I mm-hmm. really had issues with it. I just never felt myself engaged. Yeah. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Out of the Shadows, another one that it just kind of fell flat for me. I understand the appeal of mm-hmm. that one because it was very much the cartoon right. in film. But I really struggled with this idea of sequel fatigue. And mm-hmm. it's, it's one of these things that's really hard to address because the films that I loved this year were all part of franchises right. with the exception of like a Jungle Book or something like that, right? Yeah. And when looking back at all these, it's, are we going to see the Cinematic Universe somewhat take apart Hollywood and they have to rebuild it again. Like, I don't really know what they do next. <laughs> I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I love what they're doing with Star Wars here. But you do see where DC is kind of tripping on themselves trying to build and emulate that, right? Yeah. And I don't know if that's something that they're trying to do too quickly. Like, you look at even this monster universe that they've been trying to build over at Universal, yeah. and it's just never really gotten off the ground. Yeah, because it failed the first time with the Dracula Untold. Yeah. Originally, that was meant to be the launching pad for it, and
1: that didn't do so well. But Tom Cruise has been... You know he's been killing it lately. I think besides Jack Reacher two, yeah, he he's kind of been the man. So I think they're they're going to be in safe hands. I think the next step after these um these university building movies is is maybe the anthology films. Yeah, you know maybe they go that route where you do these spinoffs of a Ghostbusters movie where you go somewhere else away from the Ghostbusters stuff. Um, other than that, I don't really see what you could do. I yeah. I don't think we're going to see a lot of prequels. I think prequels are kind of uh, out of the question at this point. But I think it's just gonna be a lot of uh, moving the story forward but in a different direction.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because yeah. that's what they really did with Deadpool this year, right? Exactly. Is that they took a character, they took a universe slightly tied into it, but then went a completely different direction with it. And that was one of my favorite movies of this year. That's right. And we talk about a lot of comic book movies here, and let's go through like this is something that we try to stay away from sometimes, is ranking <laughs> things. But yeah. let's go through. So there's six comic book movies that dropped this year. There's Doctor Strange, Deadpool, X-Men Apocalypse, Suicide Squad, B vs. S. And Civil War. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be the year of battle between DC and Marvel, particularly right. Beverses and Civil War. You had your yeah. two top guys battling it out, and I'd be really interested to see your ranking here of of your favorite comic book movies of 2016. Because come 2017, mm-hmm. we're going to get absolutely demolished. This is probably going to be our last light year. Yeah. I'm saying that with air quotes. A light year <laughs> right. of comic book movies. Yeah. Ranking it from 1
1: to 6, starting off number 1, it has to go to my boy Cap America, Civil War. That movie was incredible. It it met every expectation and more so. They handled my favorite character, Spider-Man, flawlessly. So I'm definitely going to go with Cap as number 1. Number 2, I'm going to go with Doctor Strange. I really like Doctor Strange and I don't know why I haven't gone back out to see it again. Probably just because I don't have the time and I'm (laughs) seeing Rogue One every time I get the the chance. Uh, So yeah, Doctor Strange number 2 number three Deadpool for sure Deadpool surprised the heck out of me what they did you know um, they butchered that character in X-Men Origins and Ryan Ryan Gosling Ryan Reynolds and um, Miller they put so much work into making this 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 movie and it's it's a success so I'm gonna go with that Deadpool number three number four I'll have to go X-Men Apocalypse I really didn't like that movie um, I don't mean Elliot buttheads on that one, but um, yeah, I put that in number four, number five BVS, which was I think number two or number one on my most anticipated for 2016, so BVS is number five, and then number six is Suicide Squad, I did not like that movie at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> your and I list <laughs> look very very similar our top three are the exact same with Ricks. Civil War yep. Doctor Strange and Deadpool and I really struggled with the bottom three here like yeah. I, I was trying to think repeat watching and going back and revisiting these movies and how I finished off this list is what movie am I most likely to go back to and watch again right so it's going to be X-Men Apocalypse <laughs> then Suicide Squad, yeah. then Beaver S. <laughs> and Sonja's going to kill me for putting Beaver S on the bottom because I'd agree. I can't remember exactly where I put it, but it was amongst the top of my most anticipated films for 2016. Yep. And that one just fell flat for me. You can hear me on the previous 50 podcasts, tear that thing to pieces. I think I think there's a good movie in there. Yeah, definitely. But I think it just was not executed and they should know better and I think that's why that's lying on the bottom of my list is that something I'm not going to revisit. No. I've seen it twice. I saw The Ultimate Cut. The Ultimate Cut does fix some of the issues I had. Yeah, more like Kent. Yeah, yeah, but when looking at Suicide Squad, there are elements of that movie that I think are really fun. Will mm-hmm. Smith was great in it. No. Yeah. I liked kind of the stuff that Jared Lettle did. I think it was a little bit much sometimes. Yeah. A little pirate like or whatever. Yeah. Yeah,
1: the pirate talking joker. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> and X-Men Apocalypse, this is a movie that I did have slightly higher anticipations yeah. for. I thought it was gonna be good. You have a lot of good characters, a great cast in there. I liked how they're trying to evolve into the younger X-Men. But again, there's still some elements in there that Apocalypse was the worst. Horrible. And and, and you know you have Oscar Isaac playing this yeah. guy, which I thought he's gonna knock it out of the park. And like you said, I think
1: there was a good movie in this somewhere yeah but uh it just got lost and i think again it's director fatigue this is um brian singer's fifth x-men movie or fourth x-men movie um and they kind of butchered the phoenix saga in there a little bit too yeah
0: they 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 seem like they're gonna go down that path at some point jeremy we haven't seen another movie announced from that franchise which worries me a bit because x-men's an important franchise when it comes to comic book movies and i like seeing entries into that we're gonna get a logan movie again but they're one of these studios that they're weighed down by continuity but then they don't care about it like i find that they sometimes that the universe builds so much within their movies that it weighs them down but then they ignore it the next movie and that's yeah. one thing i really have issues with so i'd say this is a pretty fluid bottom 3 like i may tomorrow say ah, i'd prefer batman versus superman up a bit higher yeah. but my top 3 are definitely slated in there as Civil War, Doc Strange, and Deadpool. I think they're all fantastic movies, really well executed, Mm -hmm. and really engaging movies as well. Yeah, and and they're all completely
1: different from each other too, Mm -hmm. right? One's a comedy, the other one's that cool magic kind of, uh, that other realm, astral plane feel. And then Captain America's that action-packed superhero, you know,
0: you you grab your five toys and the other five toys and you smash them against each other. Yeah. (laughs) So this is actually a good list here when you look at franchise building, universe building on how you can do things differently versus how staying with your status quo and trying too hard to build a franchise. Because if you look at the differences here, like Civil War, Doctor Strange and Deadpool, all very different movies, but all fit within some sort of universe, right? And you take a look at the bottom three here, again, trying to build universes, but ignoring things and not just ironing out or even being patient, I find, with their movies and, and kind of making the appropriate steps to build the universe so that people understand what's going on. So I think there's a lot to learn from 2016. I think that DC hopefully is going to learn from this. I still don't have that confidence yet that Wonder Woman is actually going to be a good film. And next week we're going to talk about our most anticipated comics and films and all that kind of thing. But I think that this is a year where a lot of people can learn from what worked, at least Mm -hmm. a lot of people, the studios and all that, and it kind of evolved from there. So this is, I think, more of a learning year for me, but you did have some of those big, big movies sitting at the top. For
1: sure, for sure. And and, uh, Quick Shadow, underrated animated movie Kubo, Tale yeah. of Two Strings, of Leave. Go and check that out. It's so cool. It kind of has a stop-motion feel. Great movie. I watched it just the other day, and man. Cool. Actually, I got it for Christmas. That's another thing nice. I got. So go check that movie out.
0: Jason, nice. while were you're were you saying that, let's talk about a few of the other films. here. Cool. What was your favorite movie of the year, whether it was a comic book movie or whatever, Rogue One, what was the best film you saw this year? It's tough, I'm because I do
1: I do a lot of my Oscar buzz movies around this month, towards mm-hmm. the end. Like I still got to see La La Land and... Hacksaw Ridge and the Silence with my favorite Peter Parker, Andrew Garfield. So I still got to see those. But right off the bat, though, Hell or High Water is a really cool movie yeah, there I've with uh, Chris things. Pine, yeah, yeah, and Jeff Bridges. That's a great movie. I love The Accountant with uh, Ben Affleck. That was a good one. And then I also mentioned Kubo Tail Two Strings. I did like Zootopia. That's cool. I took my daughter to uh, to that movie. This first movie we saw it together, so that's great. I'd have to say that's that's about it right now for me. I, like I said, I, end of this month, I'll have a better list of the, no. the Oscar buzz. But for now, I'm sticking probably with Hell or High Water or The Accountant.
0: And we're going to do a full Oscar episode again. We did that last year, and that's yeah. something that we get into here towards the end of December, like I said, early January and watch some of these more Oscar-worthy contender movies because I find myself so limited with time that I don't get to see those type of yeah. movies until I can sit down and concentrate on them when they're on iTunes, when they're on Netflix and stuff like that. So I, this whole year has been about blockbusters for me, going and seeing Independence Day yeah. and, and Rogue One and all these films. But I have to say my top films for the year is really a tie between Civil War and Rogue One. Yeah. I haven't seen enough of the other movies maybe to comment outside of kind of that that nerd realm of movies yeah. and maybe that's something we can revisit a couple of months down the road, and we do talk about the Oscars and that because I I like to have a better appreciation for those films. Just haven't had the time because there's so many films that come out in a year. You don't have the time to vi- revisit and watch everything, right? Yeah, that's just it. But I I don't know. Is it Civil War? Is it Rogue One? I know you're struggling yeah. with a very similar thing.
1: Oh, for for, for me, it's Civil War. Yeah, Civil yeah. War uh, to this day, right now is is my number is my my number one. Um, Just outside of the comic book stuff, it was the Count or Hell or High Water. But yeah. overall, yeah, man, I love Civil War. I, I could watch that every day. All day, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I don't know. I'm still. I need to see Rogue One one more time. Yeah, to yeah. actually put a, a proper ranking on which film I say takes 2016. Yeah, I just kind of right now. I'm gonna have to say a tie. I'm gonna have yeah. to pop out here and say tie. Yeah, no, that, that's that's cool.
1: It's it's tough to compare the two actually, isn't yeah.
0: it? Yeah, it's it's very they're very yeah. different movies. Yeah, because
1: there's a I can't say it, but at the end of at the end of Rogue One, man, that's oh, that, that's man. the game changer. Right, right? It if, is. I, if I took that out of Rogue One, it's easily Captain America. Yeah. when I put
0: that scene in there, man, yeah, it's, that's tough. One of the best <laughs> cinematic scenes I've ever seen. It was is was delivered this. It year. is hands it's the down. The last scene in Rogue One. I am sure all you guys that are listening have seen it, but if yeah. you haven't seen it, we're not going to spoil because it it's absolutely incredible. It's tough because you got the airport scene, oh, yeah. which is just mind blowing. Yes, another humongous groundbreaking scene. Yeah, yeah,
1: and then you get like thirty seconds of somebody that pops mm. up, and you are just like, oh. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know, guys.
0: All in all, how do you feel about 2016 from a nerd perspective?
1: Nerd perspective? Great. Yeah, it's it's
0: been great. This is the biggest year I've had for collecting. I've pretty much
1: got everything I wanted in collecting. I've kind of toned down on my Marvel Selects. I stepped into um, the Elite Series a little bit. I'm not like you or Brad, so Brad, if you're listening, i, I got to step up my Elite Series. I haven't dipped into the Lego yet, but my Marvel Legends game is really high right now, my Black Series is, is looking nice, and um, it's been a year of video games too, I've been up on my video games, I'm going to go buy actually Izzy's video game pretty soon on Steam, so if you're out there listening.
0: Yeah, go grab Izzy No Break, yeah. check him out on YouTube, on Twitter and all that, and yeah he just dropped a video game, so make sure to check that out as well.
1: Yeah, it's a cool old school beat-em-up, so you can't go wrong, but yeah, other than that man, it's it's been a great year for
0: collecting and comic books and film. Yeah, yeah. the last couple of years have been really great years to, to be nerds, to be involved in this environment in yeah. this in this culture almost, right? And it's I agree with you. Like for my comic books this year, I'm a, I'm a little low on it. I'm looking forward to, to following on and getting a bit deeper back into my comic book reading. But picking up the audiobooks this year and all the collecting's been fantastic. Yeah. Film delivery's been great. I've had a lot of fun talking about all the different movies and even into the T V shows. We really didn't oh, get into that, but yeah. Stranger Things was awesome. Right. Lou Cage was awesome. Yeah,
1: Westworld out there yes. is, is, is incredible. Walking Dead, The Flash, all that stuff, right?
0: Yeah. Even agents of shield i just finished up into the winter finale here that's right it's everything that's being produced right now is absolutely fantastic yep. we have fans that are curating and taking care of these universes for us and delivering on that and i think it just it's a testament to what they're doing that we continue to come back we come back every week and we talk about it we spend all the money on the collectibles yeah. and we've made this a major part of our lives now and i really love that they keep delivering on that in 2016 i'd have to grief you another fantastic year in nerd for sure, for sure. And, and shout out to Rebels, too. Yes. Man, it's been well, a good yeah, season, too. We go, right? man. We yeah. talk about that every week. That's yeah. coming back in a couple weeks. So make sure you, you check back here in a couple of weeks. I think January 7th is when the episode drops. That's right. And we new... see the man Guerrero. I don't know if it's in that episode okay. or not, but it's coming in cool. down the pipe here. Nice. So, yeah, look out for Star Wars Rebels Alert. It drops on the same feed you listen to right mm-hmm. now every week after star wars rebels starts airing again and we're going to be getting into a little more Star Wars content on that feed as well always yeah Yeah. so that about wraps up our discussion for 2016 here you know there's lots of elements that we may have missed or not exactly touched on but i think that gives you a good idea of how we thought 2016 turns out there's a lot of content there to get through And, and this is something that if you go back and look through our history of episodes we do talk about a lot about this in more detail so if you want to hear our review on Independence Day, go check that out. Or if you want to hear a review in Civil War, go check that out. So there's a lot of content there to listen to. And this is just kind of a wrap-up episode. What did you love? And we'd love to hear what you guys loved about 2016 in comic books, film, TV, collecting, whatever. Let us know what part of 2016 you really enjoyed. And what parts you didn't enjoy so much. So it's not always positive in the nerd world. But we do try to always put a positive spin on it. (laughs) Absolutely, that's well put. (laughs) Yeah. So as you guys know, we are part of the Star Wars Commonwealth. And Troy and I had the pleasure of being on the Generation X-Wing podcast last week. The episode drops this week. It actually dropped today on Tuesday. So make sure to go check them out. You can check them out at their website. Just search Generation X-Wing podcast. It's a really fun podcast. We did the podcast with... Rob from Generation X-Wing, as well as Kyle and Corey from the Tumbling Saber. We had a lot of fun talking about Canada and nerddom and comic books and Star Wars, wrestling, all this kind of stuff. And then we did a really cool trivia thing. And go check out to see who was the victor of that. So a lot of fun. Generation X-Wing. Go check those guys out. And go check out the rest of the Star Wars Commonwealth at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and see... All the other content that's rolling out towards the end of 2016 here and jumping into 2017 and Star Wars. We're hoping for a big year from the Commonwealth. Also, I did another small interview with CTV yep. News. You can go check that out at CTV News channel. Just talking about a little bit about uh, Carrie Fisher and the death and, and how that's affected the fandom of Star Wars. and that. So go check that out. I'll post that on our Facebook page and I'll throw it up on Twitter when they do actually drop it.
1: Awesome stuff, guys. Tim here represents us pretty well in the interview, so
0: make sure you go out there and check it out. <laughs> it's really weird, man. Live interviews are <laughs> difficult and nerve-wracking. My heart is like pounding out of my chest. Um, but And remember, guys, you can always get us that hashtag, EnterTheNerveRoom, if you have any comments, questions, or anything of that aspect and you'd like us to discuss here on the show. We'd like to build the community. We'd like to involve you, the listeners, so... Chuck them our way. Our Twitter handles are at the end of the episode. You can always grab us on Facebook. Go see our YouTube page. Troy's enhanced our experience with YouTube. We're adding in images and changing images. He's updated our plate and all that. So it looks absolutely fantastic, dude. And so go over to our YouTube page. Check that out. And we do have little comments there that you can reach us at. Troy, it's been an absolute pleasure podcasting 2016, talking about 2016. And I really look forward to 2017. And next week, we're going to be talking all about 2017. Our most anticipated comics film collecting all that kind of neat stuff.
1: Awesome. Good stuff, man. I'm looking forward to it. Always a pleasure talking nerds, comics, Spider-Man, all that stuff. Marvel,
0: yeah. Star Wars, everything. Yeah. Yeah, so, man. Until next week, for The Nerd Room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. And thank you for entering The Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim and Troy, on Twitter at TheNerdRM and Troy the Boy 87 Don't forget to subscribe to The Nerd Room on iTunes, Facebook, and YouTube. Just search the Nerd Room Podcast. Be sure to head over to StarWarsCommonwealth.com to find other podcasts on the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network, including Talk Star Wars, Generation X-Wing, Tumbling Saber, Rogue Squadron Podcast, and the Skyhopper Podcast. Follow the Star Wars Commonwealth on Twitter at SW Commonwealth and take your first steps into a larger world.